Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Revelation chapter 21 is a tremendous chapter. It is awesome. And if you have never taken the time to read it, I would encourage you to do so because this is where you're going to be living. Revelation chapter 21 is our home. This is where we're going. This is where we're going to be living in eternity. We're going to be living in the new Jerusalem. Now, if you haven't been with us, let me bring you quickly up to date. We've been through the rapture, the tribulation, the coming of the Antichrist. We talked about the second coming of Jesus Christ, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And last week, we talked about the great white throne judgment. What is that? Well, that's a judgment for non-believers. That's a judgment where if you're not a Christian, the Bible says you're going to stand there at the great white throne judgment. And it's at that throne that Paul told us every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So whether you bow your knee now or you bow your knee then at the great white throne, we will all bow our knee. We talked about that last week. And then we talked about the first resurrection. And the second resurrection, we talked about the first death and the second death. And now we're entering into what is known as eternity. Chapter 21 is, and if you're a note taker, I most certainly encourage you to do so. Chapter 21 is the forever and ever of the Bible. It's eternity. Forever and ever and ever, the always and forever of the Bible. And in this chapter, we'll see that the history of time is finished and the history of eternity is about to begin. Now, you know, if you've been here at Calvary, you know I like outlines. I think outlines make it simple. And you guys think I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, John is told to write the things which he has seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this metatauta, the divine outline. That's where you think I'm going to go, but I'm not going to go there. (laughs) I just was making sure you knew it. Good Bible students you all are. Chapter 21, here's an outline for you. Simple and sweet. I love it. Verse 1 through 8 we see a brand new world. Verse 1 through 8, we see a brand new world. And in verses 9 through 27, we have a bright new city. 
a brand new world in verse 1 through 8, and a bright new city in verses 9 through 27 this morning. We're going to take the time to look at the first part of the outline, verses 1 through 8, a brand new world next week when you come back. We'll deal with the second part of the outline, a bright new city in verse 9 through 27. So this morning, in Revelation chapter 21, I think it'd be awesome if we just read. You got to read the whole thing kind of to get the feeling and get the flavor of what's happening here. So we're going to read verses 1 through 8, and then we'll come back and we'll get some highlights out uh, out of those verses. So in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1, if you are there, say a hearty amen. Oh, that was weak, you guys. If you're there, say a hearty amen. Amen. There you go. Now I, I, John, I saw a new heaven, underline that, and a new earth, underline that. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned. Very interesting word there for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. Sound familiar? And he'll be their God. And God will wipe away every tear. (laughs) from their eyes. There'll be no more death in heaven, no sorrow, no crying, no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write. See, John was so caught up in what he was seeing. It was so amazing. It was so awesome. John just stopped writing. John just got froze. And the Lord said, hello, John. Hello, I'm trying to communicate. John, write, for these words are true and they are faithful. And he said, it is done. Not it is finished. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will, be to, to, I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly and unbelieving, abominable, murderer, sexual, sexually immoral, sorcerers. That's those who are drug users. That word in the Greek language is pharmakia. We have the word pharmacy, drug users, drug abusers, sexually immoral, drug abusers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Notice that. Stop right there, if you will. Give me your attention. We've talked about this over the last several weeks. If you haven't been with us, we... Record our services on CD and on tape. You can most certainly out this door to my right, your left. First hallway on the left, you can order the the CD or tape. But we've been talking about this and we've discussed it in depth. After Jesus returns and rules on the earth for a thousand years, there will be a brief moment when Satan will be released for one last time. 
And then Satan will create one last huge revolt against Jesus. There'll be one last battle, and it's going to be the quickest battle you've ever seen. Because the Bible says that fire is going to come down from God and it's going to wipe out all of God's enemies. And there will be a final judgment. And at the great white throne judgment, we talked about that last week, all unbelievers will be judged in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. We talked about that last week. It's at this time, listen, it's at this time that the earth as we know it will disappear. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Peter writes and he says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And then it goes on in verse 10 of that same chapter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. In other words, listen, everything that you see, everything that we currently see, the earth as we know it will burn up. All of our stuff will burn up. Now, I don't know about you, but that just has to cause you, cause me to think that If all of our stuff is going to burn, then why do we work so hard to get so much stuff? What's up with that? And then after we really work hard to get so much stuff, and I mean, even to the point where we have to work two or three jobs to pay for all of our stuff, then we take our stuff and we stuff it in the garage. Isn't that true? And then we have a nerve to have a garage sale. And you're going to try to make some money off your stuff. 25 cents for something you paid $2,500 for or something. It's ridiculous. And the Bible says that all of our stuff, and we, we live in a culture where people, we like stuff. I mean, we like to get our stuff. We, we Computers, I mean, you got to get the latest computer. Like, honey, I want to get another computer. Why, well, you just got a computer last month. Yeah, but it's outdated, honey. We got to get a new computer. And of course, if you got a new computer, then you got to have all the latest software. So you got to buy that. And then cell phones. Now, I have to admit, I have an addiction to cell phones. I can't. I'll see somebody at Harris Teeter, and they got a new tiny little phone. It's so small, you can't see it. You ever see those phones now? They're so small, you can't even see them. It's like, how do you put your finger on that thing and dial the numbers? You must dial Germany every time you dial the numbers. I mean, it's just crazy. I see a phone, I gotta have it. Gotta have more stuff. Cell phones, new cars, new homes, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff to put in our houses. We take all the stuff we put in our houses, we take it out of the house, we stuff it in the garage, and we buy more stuff. And the Bible says that all of that stuff, listen, all of that stuff is going to burn. It's all going to melt. Peter says it's all going to melt with a fervent heat. It's all going to go away. It will burn with intense heat. Now, let me say that I believe in the Big Bang Theory. You've heard of the Big Bang Theory? Yes, yeah. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. What you talking about, Willis? 
I believe in the Big Bang Theory. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus, it is Jesus who is holding all things together by the word of his power. Scientists don't even know how all things are being held together. But we Christians, we know how things are being held together. They're being held together by the word of his power, Hebrews tells us. And then in Colossians, it tells us it is by him that all things consist. So God is holding all things together, but there will come a day when Jesus is going to simply let go. And when he let go, bang, boom, everything will melt, will blow up with intense heat. It will all burn. He's going to let it all go someday. One day, Jesus, the creator and sustainer of this earth and everything that you see will let it go. And then things will begin to burn. All of our stuff is going to burn. So why do we work so hard for our stuff? And then we know that even if you even if you don't see it burning, well, someday we're all going to die and we're going to leave our stuff. You know, I told this story some time ago. I want to read it to you again this morning. The story of a rabbi who was a scholar and a lover of Torah. And in the old city of Jerusalem, he lives in this small, dinky apartment. He's well-known. He's a well-known, prominent person in the community, in rabbinical circles, in Judaism. He was approached by a lady one day in New York City who was also Jewish, and she came to see him, and she was amazed because in his apartment, this famous Jewish philosopher, thinker, author, speaker, in his apartment, there was just a chair and a desk and a simple bed, and that's all there was. Well, she walked in, and she said, Rabbi, is this your house? Is this where you live? And he says, yeah. And she said, well, where's your furniture? Where's your things? Where's your stuff? And the rabbi looked at the wealthy American Jewish lady and said, well, where's your furniture? And she said, well, what do you mean? He said, where's your furniture? She said, well, I didn't bring my furniture. I'm just traveling through here, and I didn't bring my furniture. And he says, aha, so am I. And I like that. Because we are just traveling through. If you're a Christian, this is not your home. I like to call this earth apartment living. You know how apartment living is. You don't get too comfortable because you're hoping to get out and get a house. So you can paint it and get a lot of stuff. Because <laughs> you've got to have your stuff. And so you know you're in an apartment. You don't paint and put a lot of money in an apartment because you're going to leave and they're going to roll it over with that cheap eggshell paint. So you don't, you don't really get into an apartment. But when you get in your home, man, you start taking care of it and you start gathering things and you start living there. Well, the Bible says that if you are a Christian, you are just passing through this earth. Don't get too comfortable because your home is in heaven. Listen, your home is being prepared even as we speak and has been in preparation for 2,000 years. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he says, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Oh, we're going home, saints. Amen? We're going home. Don't get too comfortable. 
This is not our home. And all that you see here on this earth is going to melt. It will all burn. There's coming a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And you might say to me, Rodney, you know, I can see the need for a brand new earth. Because I look around and I can clearly see the need for a brand new earth. But why a brand new heaven? Why? Well, I think the answer is simple. Heaven stinks. What you talking about, Willis? Heaven stinks. Job said it like this in Job 15, 15. He said, and the heavens are not pure in his sight. In other words, heaven stinks because of the sin nature, because of sin. Now, now, Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 4. Paul said, I know a man in Christ who was 14 years ago. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. Such a one was caught up. That's harpazo. That's raptured. Note this, to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up in paradise and, I, and he heard things that were unspeakable, inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, many believe that Paul wrote this when he was beaten and stoned and thrown out of the city in Acts chapter 14 and left for dead. And it would have been at that time that Paul had this vision where he was caught up in the heaven. And the things that Paul saw, he said, were inexpressible. I, I can't speak those things. It, it's, it's unbelievable, Paul said. And notice he says at that time he was caught up to the third heaven. Now the Bible speaks of three heavens. If you're taking notes, first of all, the first heaven is the earth's atmosphere. Like the sky, where the birds fly. The second heaven is the outer space. It's where the stars are and the, and the planets, the outer space. And then the third heaven, where Paul was caught up, is a place where God lives in glory. It's a place where the throne of God is, the third heaven. And in our text here, John is talking about the first heaven and the second heaven. That's the heaven that stinks. That's the heaven that's going to be made new. A new night sky and a new blue sky. Not the heavenly scene where God dwells. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Now this word new, it's very, very interesting. In the Greek language, it means new in character. It means fresh. It doesn't mean recent or new in time. That's not what it means. It means new in character, fresh, almost like brand spanking new, just, just fresh. And John here is seeing the next heaven and the next earth, a better heaven, a better earth, replacing the old heaven and the old earth. It's a whole new thing John is seeing. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, is also talking about, uh, Revelation 21 here is also talking about in Isaiah 65. You might want to compare those two, those two verses. Revelation 21 and Isaiah 65, verse 17. For behold, Isaiah says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. 
But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create a Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, a joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Notice Isaiah says, behold, I create a new heaven. Talking about the same thing John is talking about. This word create is also a very interesting word. In the Hebrew language, this word create is bara. B-A-R-A. Bara. It is the same word used in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God bara created the heavens and the earth. Bara means to create something, listen, from nothing. Now, Only God can do that. Only God can say, light be, and light was. Only God can do that. To create something out of nothing. You see this pulpit here? This pulpit was created from something. This pulpit was created from an oak tree. It's an oak pulpit. It was created from an oak tree. But God created the heavens and the earth, bara, out of nothing. God just said it, and it was. You see, there's another Hebrew word. It's asa, or asa. It's spelled A-S-A-H. That's a different word for create. It literally means to remodel, to refurbish, or reconstruct. In other words, to take some existing material like this pulpit, like an oak tree, and to make something out of it. That's another word for create. Isaiah says God is going to create, and John says that God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth out of nothing. Brand new. Never seen. Never touched. Brand new. And notice in our text, in verse 1, notice John goes on to say, and there was no more sea. Do you see that in verse 1? Now, surfers, read it and weep. If you're a surfer, no sea. Sorry, dude. No waves to catch in heaven. But to the Jewish mind, you got to understand something here. You see, the Jewish people, they didn't like the sea. We like the sea. We'll put it this way. Y'all like the sea. I don't like to see. Ever since I saw Jaws, I went, there's no way in the world I'm going in to be fish food. No, sorry. Don't do that. I don't like to see. Don't like the beach. It's pretty and everything. The Jewish people, they didn't like it either. As a matter of fact, they said the sea was a place of evil. They associated the sea with heathens. You might remember in Revelation chapter 13, John saw a beast rising out of the sea. In Revelation 20, The sea was the place of the dead. Today, three-fourths of our globe consist of water. But this won't be the case in the new heaven and the new earth. It will be a different type of arrangement. No more sea doesn't mean there's no more water. It simply indicates that the new earth will have a different arrangement as far as water is concerned. Now notice John goes on to say, Not only is there a new heaven, a new earth, a new creation, but also a new capital. Notice John said, I saw the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. 
Hebrews chapter 12, if you're taking notes, tells us that that this is the Jerusalem of hope. Galatians chapter 4, verse 26 tells us this is the Jerusalem above. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us this is the place of our citizenship. And then notice John uses the most striking, beautiful image he can think of. The most beautiful thing a man will ever see is his bride coming down the aisle, ready to meet him. And John says that this is how beautiful the new Jerusalem will be. It looks like a bride adorned for her husband. This word adorn in the Greek language is cosmetics. In other words, the bride, the church, is going to get a makeover. Don't you like those shows where people get a makeover? A lot of them really need it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.